Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Today, I'm going to talk about a perspective to help you overcome the loss of what didn't happen. And I think it's really important because I'm constantly working with my clients through this. And this isn't like Pollyannish BS where it's like, oh, don't worry. And I really hate the phrase of, oh, don't worry. When one door shuts, another window opens. And when I've been through devastating times in my life and people would say that my response in my head was, well, it's easy for you to say because you're the shiny unicorn and that's not me. I'm a loser from loser street or something like that, or great that you can say that. So it's not coming from this Pollyanna place of, oh, it's all going to be great. It's all going to work out. But it comes from this place of where lots of learning personally going through tremendous heartaches, hard times, overcoming, right? I'm a really resilient person. And it also comes with working with people over the last 29 years and pursuing goals and dreams and having other events that come up and occur. And so I want to talk about this because there's some really good key learnings in here that can hopefully help you overcome the loss when something doesn't happen in your life. We spend a lot of time talking about, you know, getting clarity around a goal, have a goal, write it down, laws of attraction, right? Think it and it will happen. And I've said a lot of these things in here and those still like, is it important to have a clarity around the goal? Yes. Is it important to know your why? Yes. Is it good to think about it and then get yourself, you know, in that feeling state and then taking action to help you achieve it? Yes. Is it important to hold the vision? Yes. And one of the obstacles that happens all the time, it's that vulnerability of, but Corinne, what if it doesn't happen? Right? And it's because we don't want that vulnerability of wanting something, pursuing something, and the disappointment of not getting it. Or, you know, like for me with my family of origin, you know, being Asian, like I, there was a message that I learned was do not lose face. Whatever you do, do not lose face, right? So whatever it is, or if it's just being uncomfortable with feeling disappointment. So sometimes we don't even want to pursue it because we're just afraid. What if we don't get it? And we armor up ahead of time with the disappointment of not pursuing it. So, but today's show is about like, hey, once we can overcome the disappointment and really pursue it and go after it, it can be a job, a relationship, right? You get to insert, as I talk about this, what it is that you truly desire or are cultivating and pursuing in your own life. I'm going to talk in the terms of jobs and relationships to give you kind of a framework and idea, but this is something that works in what we're pursuing, So like I said, the disappointment, when we step into pursuing what it is that we want, we, we really honest with ourselves that we want to be in a relationship. It takes a lot of courage to go after your goals and dreams and what you want takes a lot of courage. And then when you don't get it 
And I say this in terms of, I remember I had a friend, this is like 2010, and I was going through a really hard time personally. And I finally shared like my limiting belief of, well, I'm a loser from loser street. And that was the first time I could like really verbalize it. And my girlfriend looked at me and she was like perplexed. And really anybody in my inner circle looked at me very perplexed. But I'll never forget, my girlfriend was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. You are a person who gets what she wants, right? So that's the outside of how it looks. My inside world was very different. And there was something that at this time that she knew I didn't get. And it was very clear, like she could see it. But she was like, okay, this one you didn't get, but you'll get other stuff, right? And I share this with you in the sense that it does take courage. And then when you don't get it, there's pain. And there's really pain. Like I think about there's those huge vectors or there's huge points in my life where they were really painful and where I lost hope, where I couldn't see a brighter future, right? And I remember being down there going, holy moly, like falling down moment. I felt like <laughs> like what I said a couple years ago was my life was on fire, right? In many different areas. So it wasn't even just a falling down moment. Like things were literally on fire. And I'm not talking about California wildfires. It was just a metaphor for what was going on, right? In my life. So it's painful. And one is I'm not trying to say like, oh, don't worry. It's going to all be fine, right? Like, yes, it is really painful. And I get that, my friend. I really, really get that. And it's not about indulging it. It's really honoring that when you have that disappointment, when you have that pain, you acknowledge it to yourself. I mean, even back in 2010, when I started to share that, I felt like a loser. I believe that I was a loser from loser street. That was really vulnerable because like one, I identified it with myself. And two is I started to share it with people who'd earned the right to hear my story. They were all perplexed about it, but that was actually my way to unravel that and to not live in those confines anymore, right? So when you go through something difficult, it's really important that you feel the feelings. It's not about where you get to be angry or offload those feelings, but really feel them. And that may mean that you cry, right? And you have to figure out where is the place that you have the opportunity to do that, okay? Because we all have constraints about it, but really allowing yourself the space to feel that, right? Me allowing myself two years ago to say, wow, there are arenas in my life that are on fire, and for a lot of people, that's all I really shared because I wasn't willing, there was so much to still unpack and process and I wasn't willing to share that. It didn't mean I was inauthentic. So that's a really important side point. So let me go back because I know I'm swearing all over is when you don't get what you want, we have grief, we have anger, you may feel betrayed you may start to beat yourself up, right? That inner gladiator, I'm going to beat myself up. Like I was so stupid to believe that this could be possible for me. I literally had a client say this to me this week. And then it could be, well, I just wanted the best for the situation. If I thought it and I believed in it and I felt it, why didn't I get the best option and hold that thought? Because how do we know that this wasn't the best option? Because we're only seeing one ending. We're not having the perspective of even if we got what we wanted, you got the job, you got the relationship, would it have turned into 
stealth expectations, right? Magical thinking of, oh, I have this relationship. We live happily ever after. I have this job and I'm going to be able to build a legacy and do all this good work. And it's going to be this. We only see that part of the picture. We don't see all the shit shows of either of those because there's always going to be some sort of shit shows, right? But we get into that fairy tale of, oh, I get to live happily ever after. For instance, someone loses a job, right? And they're like, okay, I followed the rules, all the cultural programming, followed the rules. I was a good person. I worked really hard. I sacrificed my life for the job, right? I put my job above myself, my family, my friends, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Think about that. That's so much, especially in our country, in the United States, that's so much a part of our culture. That's so much part of our identity, maybe not worldwide because I have clients worldwide, but definitely, you know, in the U.S. So we go, why did this happen? It wasn't supposed to happen this way. And this, my friend, is part of the dirty pain, right? There's the pain of the loss. And then there's the arguing with the reality of what happened and what should have happened and thinking about what could have been and thinking that keeping that job would have been the best thing, right? But here's the thing. We don't know what it would have been like if we had stayed, right? Like when I left my job and it was by deliberate choice. It wasn't by anybody's. But when I left my, I called it the golden handcuffs job. Like I had this tenure job, job stability. I'm leaving after, you know, the market crash and the mortgage crisis a couple decades ago. And the ending is like, I remember people are like, why would you leave? You have this pension, you have benefits. Why would you leave? Right. One of the alternative endings that I saw for myself was my health was going to be impacted further because there was so much pain there. Even though on the outside, though, so many things looked really good. There was a really toxic culture that I was a part of, right? So I could have that perspective. For me, at least, it's a lot easier to see the alternative endings when it's my choice to make that decision, right? And I'm not saying it was easy to walk away from that job because those in my inner circle knew how hard that was for me for to walk away from so much security, right? And my whole identity and what I did and then to start something new. It is easier when I've had losses that were out of my control. Those were so much harder. And man, I'm a really good story fondler. I'm like, ah, but it could have been this way. And what this would have happened and that would have happened. And I'll hold on to that. Like I'm a really good story fondler. You know, I've talked about and I've shared with you all how back in my swampland days, right? I was really good at pitching a tent, building a campfire and just fondling my story over and over. And I'd have a a line of supporters who would come and sit by the campfire metaphorically and we would talk and I would verbally vomit. And I, you know, was an energy vampire sucking their energy to just, because I had no hope and I would exhaust them. Then the next person would come and the next person, I was really, really good at doing that, right? So I'm not saying that like, oh, you know, you go through grief, you go through loss, you go through betrayal, and then boom, you can see the other perspective. But at some point, asking yourself, is there another ending? Is I think important to start opening up the windows of possibility in your life? And then at some point when you can have those windows open, you start to see things in the world. And even like with my life being on fire a couple of years ago, a year later, there was stuff that was happening and it wasn't to me or people 
like in my direct, you know, family or friends, but I started seeing what was going on in our culture and going, oh, this is what's happening. There could have been a different ending than the ending of my own loss, right? And I started to realize that. And I started to then look for what are other possible endings. And I share this with you because this is the show where inspiration and possibility meet. One of probably my greatest skills is looking for other examples of what can be possible. And I didn't even know. I mean, this is when I started this show. I was looking for answers and then I was looking for possibilities and who are people that I wanted to learn from, right? I didn't realize that there's just this idea of common humanity back then. But that helps is to be able to realize common humanity. Who else has gone through this? And who else has risen from it, right? That's the motivation. Like if you go to a motivational talk, you want to know like what was their, as Martha Beck would call it, to their hell and back. Like how did they come back, right? I would say they're falling down moments or, you know, their life burning down. And then how do they create regrowth? So remember how I said earlier that we want the best. We think that this outcome, and I had this, somebody say this to me about a week ago, but this would have been the best situation. And my response was, what if this actually is the best outcome that you didn't get what you think you want right now? Notice how I said, what if this is the best situation that you didn't get what you think you want right now? It's really important that we consider alternative endings. Because what we don't consider when we get a no is that if not this and something better. And that one, I remember when I was first told that, and it was back in 2010, again, by another friend, a colleague. It's like, well, Corinne, what about if not this, then something better? (laughs) My brain was like, yeah, that's for unicorns like you. (laughs) So I get it, right? Like, but I really, really believe if not this, then something better. And I used to think if, not this, then something better was only for those shiny people, not someone like me, who I believed was a loser from Loser Street. So the thing is, is that the lessons I've continued to learn and see repeated is that there are other possible endings that we haven't considered. And instead we hold on to that one ending of how it was supposed to be. And that exacerbates our grief and our anger and our betrayal. And I'm not saying that like, hey, you had a no today, you got your bad news today, and then let's get the, my fairy godmother wand and look for alternative endings. And then poof, by tonight, it's all over. Recently, it took a year, right? And for my clients or the people I work with, it does take some time to have that perspective of, oh, what I was thinking. And I can't tell you how many years I had guests on my show who had said to me what they realized when they had to make certain changes or transitions. They're like, wow, an ending I never really considered was the impact to my health or the fact that I probably would have died on the job had I, had I not made changes, right? And I'm not saying the changes have to be, I quit my job or I stay and I die, but what are the things in between? So oftentimes we don't take that into consideration. We may think, oh, how is this financially going to impact me? You know, and going to impact me and how I'm perceived in the world and being able to move up in the world. We forget about thinking about what are the other possible outcomes that I may encounter. 
So my invitation for you is that consider that there could be other outcomes, right? Like right now you're mourning the death of the dream that you had. And I get that. And that's okay to mourn that. My invitation for you is don't argue with reality that this shouldn't have happened because that is going to cause a lot of dirty pain, right? And one of the things that I always remind myself is, and Byron Katie has said this, anytime you argue with reality, you lose. And I've had to deal with this in so many grief instances of like, I've had losses, like personal losses where people have died. You know, I can argue with it. That shouldn't have happened. It's not fair. They were too young. They were really healthy on and on and on. But the reality is, is that they had died. What arguing with is it doesn't allow me to process the grief and the feelings, as well as think about the beauty of that relationship and how they've impacted me and the world and what I can do now based on that information, right? It just doesn't allow me to feel. It just has me arguing and getting angrier and angrier, which then can lead to me being jaded, right? And armoring up. And man, I've been working really hard to take off this armor. My invitation for you is take consideration of the different perspectives of outcomes. And that is what can help you move forward as well as be able to stop the story fondling we do of focusing on the loss of what could have been, but we don't even really know if it was true. And so you may be going, but Corinne, it's great to think about different perspective, but how do I know it's true? But don't we do the same thing when we're arguing with reality? This shouldn't have happened. And if it didn't happen, I would do this. If this didn't happen, I would be married and I'd be with this person. Or if this didn't happen, I would have this job and my family would be so much better off. Whatever it may be, right? So take into consideration that there's different perspectives of outcomes. And one of my favorites is to think about it like a choose your own adventure chapter books. Do you remember those? I used to love those like in elementary school where I could like look at the alternative endings. (laughs) Well, we can't look at the alternative endings. What we can do is maybe when we're through this crisis and after we felt our feelings is thinking about what could have been the different outcomes. What I really lived happily ever after. What shit shows could have entailed and really look at that. And that can help lighten your grip on arguing with reality on thinking that that would have been the best for you, for your family. Because we often, when we don't get what we want, we think that's the only ending to the dream or the vision of what we see. And here's the thing, my friends, from working with humans over the last 29 years, is sometimes the heartbreak of not getting what we want is actually the best thing. If my past self from 20 years ago had heard this, it would have been bullshit. (laughs) right? It's like, um, no, you just aren't worthy of good things happening. We all know that worthiness is not indicative of if do you have a good life or not. Like we are all worthy and it's not about doing good or being a good person because there are quotes, not that I like to have good and bad, but there are bad people in the world who, you know, have good things that happen and there are bad things that happen to good people. So, I get it. Like if you are resistant to this information, I understand I've been with you and so have many of my clients. And I will hold the hope for you that at some point you'll be able to see and experience this window of possibility in your own life. Because when we are faced with loss, it's really hard and difficult to see the perspective of alternative endings. And an alternative ending from what you expect is actually not worse 
than what you expect. It doesn't have to be, right? And sometimes you will never really know what the ending would have truly been if you had gotten it. But we must remember to hold the different alternatives, right? Having the perspective that if you had gotten what you had desired may not actually have worked out the way you had thought. And these are important things to remember. So if you need some evidence, here's one I have for you. It's kind of two parts, right? So we have been culturally programmed like, oh, if you find the man of your dreams, you get married and you live happily ever after, right? It's fairy tales, rom-coms. We live happily ever after. (laughs) And then you get to midlife and it's like marriages aren't happily ever after. They take work. They can be tremendously hard. It's difficult to be authentic. Not that it's difficult to show up authentically, but it's challenging, right? It's vulnerable. Marriages are hard. You can love somebody and it's hard, right? Sometimes the work I do with clients, the most intimate relationships are the most challenging and it's not because it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's because they feel that there's so much on the line or because they may be lacking the communication skills, right? We all have areas that we can work on and grow. Another example is parenting, Right? We have these beliefs of like, oh, I have a kid. And once I have the kid, like life gets easier. <laughs> like One of the things that I'm always sharing with people, I was like, wow, having a 20 and a 22 year old is not any easier than it was when they were younger, right? And the younger parents are like, don't tell me that. I'm like, it is hard. And I used to have the fairy tale that once they became adults, like I would be living life on easy street. And there are some things that life is on easy street. Like I don't have to worry about putting on their shoes, putting them their seatbelts on, doing the bedtime routine, but there's other stuff and it's hard. It's vulnerable, right? Parenting is really vulnerable. So they're both extremely messy, right? Marriages, partnerships, having children, family, and they're filled with struggle and there's heartache and there's also joy. So remember, there's always alternative endings. We tend to fixate on magical thinking, right? Stealth expectations of like, oh, it's, we're going to live happily ever after. Isn't this great? We're all going to come together. But we forget how it all kind of unpacks. So when you're going through a loss of something that you did not get that you truly wanted, and you notice that you're really fixated on that story, on that outcome, feel what you're feeling. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to go on a walk and have a nature wash, you know, with your heart and your soul, do that. If you need to go for a swim, do that. If you need a hug, do that. Feel. And then at some point, you'll be ready to look for the windows of possibilities of what could other possible endings have been had I gotten what I wanted. And how do I know that this wasn't the best thing, me not getting what I thought I wanted? So again, When faced with an ending that you did not want, after you felt all of your feelings, right? Feel them. It's going to be ongoing. It's not a one and done. And you've had many good cries for me. It'd be a lot of good cries, lots of verbal vomiting. I'm a verbal processor, right? Journaling about the loss, reflecting about it, right? But it's really important not to story fond them. I mean, there's times I got really, really angry and I was like, I was on the right side of things, right? Became really self-righteous. None of that really helps. But I got it out as long as I'm not offloading it to people. But once you process all of that and get that out, declutter your soul, your brain, your emotions, then I invite you to consider what if this was actually the best ending? And what could the ending have been had you got what you thought you wanted? 
That's something to think about. I'm going to ask this question again. What if this was actually the best ending for you? And what could have been the ending had you got what you thought that you had wanted? That's something to consider and to give you some perspective to help you move through the loss. All right, my friend, my heart is with you and I'm smelling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. I'm smiling big for you. Dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.